0: A very interesting and straightforward um, chapter of Joko's book. Today is the 29th of June. In the way Joko starts by making clear um, what practice is, um, especially because we sometimes get this idea whether because of literature or things we've heard or um, that practice is about having some sort of special experiences. And Joko wants to make clear that while those are important and significant when they occur, if they occur, they're not really what practice is about. Um, and Therefore, it's neither something to attempt to attain, nor is it something to use to judge whether we do or don't have, or, or whether others do or don't have. So, Joko wants us to begin to appreciate what the path of practice is or the path of our life and she uses the image of sharp rocks walking on a path of sharp rocks and at the same time discovering how we can transform the sharp rocks into diamonds as she uses the image Um, and the importance of being able to do that and being okay with doing it in the way that we particularly do it, but seeing that that's exactly what our life opportunities are. Um, She has some other significant comments there that I think it's important. Um, For instance, she talked about how difficult it is to begin practice when we're particularly disturbed, distressed, overwhelmed, and though, of course, people will do that, it's all the more difficult. And at the same time, she also emphasizes and reminds us that practice is really about being who we are, and in a way, in, in order to be who we are, we need to clarify and discover who we are in the face of, what should I say, our misunderstanding of who we are and what our life is. There's not something we have to go figure out, but if we misunderstand and believe our misunderstanding, then we need to clarify that. So, having said that as an introduction, and knowing that you've all looked closely at this and have your own um Comments, I want to stop now and we'll see what we can, what you want to bring up and how we can uh, work with this chapter. Again, the chapter is preparing the ground, as you know, which starts on page 113.
1: turn into diamonds, and you can see them that way as opportunities. But sometimes I noticed in myself a should. Like, I should be seeing this as a diamond. I'm just using her terminology. But really, it didn't really feel that way. You know, that wasn't really the truth. Uh Um, And I think that's something also that I had to work with, is what is the, the truth? How do I really not just how I feel about something, but okay, you know, what's really happening here? Without without anything added on to it, you know, oh, this is a great opportunity, or this is a diamond, or, you know, oh, you know, I could really, oh, gee, you know, this is a hard, here's something challenging to do, and and wouldn't that be nice to do that challenging thing? Because I'm sure if I do that challenging thing, then, you know, it's going to open something up and you know, things are going to change in a certain way. And there's very self-centeredness in that, you yes. see. Um, and so I just, and, and just I thought it was a really important chapter. Uh, and I think it's lovely uh, the way she, um, you know, um, talks about this, uh, you know, jewels. Uh, the sharp rocks as jewels. Uh, like on a page, I'll just skip ahead to 116, where she says, To see myself and my life as they truly are is joy. After all the struggle and avoiding and denying and going the other way, it is deeply satisfying for a second to be there with life as it is. Satisfaction is the very core of ourselves. Um, who we are is beyond words. They're you know, just that open power of life, manifesting constantly in all sorts of interesting things, even our misery and struggles. And again, that's beautiful. I um, there have been times when I've that way, but there's also times when I think I'm supposed to feel that way, and I don't. Uh-huh.
0: And I guess that's what I wanted to share. Yes, and you, there isn't anything you're supposed to feel that way. That's extra. The only thing that's important. You don't have not supposed, to, or it's not necessary, and not even useful to say I should feel that this is a jewel. The only question to ask, and it's also not necessary to say this is a rock. The only question to ask is, what's the practice with this circumstance moment? That's the question to ask. And if we feel it as a rock, fine. What's the practice with feeling this as a rock? And if we feel it as a jewel, fine. What's the practice with us believing that this is a jewel? See, it's not that we ought to feel that it's a jewel or Um, any such thing, that's more stories. Um, And that could be as pernicious, especially if it's not true for us. But what is important is that we see that what we think is, call it a sharp rock, call it a boulder, call it a barrier, those are reminders practice. Zazenine. What your effort needs to be depends on your wisdom, your life wisdom. But if, if we forget that it's an opportunity of practice effort, then we can't go anywhere with it. Then it just piles up. There, there's no need for us to ought to have anything, ought to think of this as anything, simply a matter of here, now, practice, here, now, breathing, here, now, noticing, here, now, experiencing, here, now, whatever is skillful. And though you and I or you and others can speak about what skillful practice is, that's speaking of it in generalities or speaking of it beforehand or afterwards, but it's always in the moment when this occurs that you have to make the effort, whatever effort is called for. So, and that's in a way what she's telling us. Um, and it's useful to notice if we believe there are certain things that have to be in order for me to be able to make the effort there are certain conditions that have to be for me to practice with it if the conditions are something else oh, well then i'm not i'm not capable i don't need to i shouldn't have to it's not fair that i have to
1: it it seems to me that She's
0: just describing what happens if you do practice. It's not about saying that's right. Anything. That's right. That's right. She's saying this is, what ha- one, this is what happens as you practice with it, but she's not saying that you ought to use this as a guide to judge your practice, nor as something to go look for, nor as something to try to convince yourself this is the way it should be. Because <laughs> that doesn't help us. We could convince ourselves all sorts of things until push comes to shove, and we discover we're furious about the next person or the circumstance or whatever. And then our co- our convincing ha- hasn't done any good. If if anything, it's maybe even made us more frustrated and more judgmental of. I've convinced myself it should be that way and why isn't it that way for me? Oh, poor me, or oh, terrible me, oh, you know, or oh, it's all a lot of bullshit, etc. In in a way, we all have opportunities of life offered us, thrust upon us, given to us, moment by moment. Some of them are very simple, straightforward, and ordinary, and some of them seem particularly uh, unusual, difficult, unfair, or whatever else. Nevertheless, whatever the opportunity that our life offers now, whatever the opportunity that our action brings us to, because it's not just we're not just passive, we're active participants, we are the ones who, in a sense, create our life. Whatever the, the opportunities that appear are where and how we need to live our life, live our practice, live our zazeni.
2: Sometimes misunderstand who we are and who our life is. Um, I would say that any understanding we think we have about who we are and who our life is is a misunderstanding. Um, I think it's, in my experience, it's more a question of perception and misperception. And she she says this in a way. I mean, if we go, this is later later in the chapter, 116 on page 116. Um, it's the one two third paragraph I'm referring to, a paragraph that begins in a way, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and down there further, she says who we are is beyond words. And I would I think when she says beyond words.
0: She's, she's including conceptions. Yes. And understandings. Yes.
2: Uh, just that open power of life manifesting constantly, <coughs> excuse me, in all sorts of
3: interesting things, even in our own misery and struggles. Um, and then she says, the hassle is both
2: reminiscent and wholesome. That's what I mean, that's what it means to prepare the ground.
0: Yes. <clears throat> I mean, it's, a,
2: it's a habit that I often fall into, thinking there's some understanding that, that I'm <laughs> supposed to <laughs> gain or realize or learn or something that's going to make a difference. Yeah. Understanding it for me, it almost always just gets in the way of.
0: Yeah. What she's talking about
2: experiencing this moment exactly as it is, and it understandings I think create most of the conflicts that we have with with ourselves and with others thinking understanding
0: nevertheless we are human creatures who come up with all sorts of understandings which is fine. They're just you know a product of being human and unfortunately we stick to some of them in the in places where they're inappropriate and even harmful, otherwise they're just you know the minutia. The uh, I forgot the word. They're just the byproducts of living life and having the the kind of brain and being the kind of person we are, and each of us do it in our own particular way. Fine. Yeah. Let let it let the understandings come and let them go and. So be it. However, in a way what's our zenning, what practice is about is us discovering that in place of the high value that our life and our culture have uh, uh inculcated in us the high value that we should place on understanding She's encouraging us to, you know, take it and put it on on a shelf somewhere and let it be there. And if you need to, from time to time, you could pick it up and look at it. But and then you just put it on the shelf and leave it. Um, so you're right.
2: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with understanding. I'm not saying that. It's just yes. it's, when, it's when it interferes with or uh-huh. gets in the way of our of yes. our direct experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> And I think Cindy has her camera on. You might tell her that. Cindy, can she hear us?
0: I don't know. Yes, Cindy, you have your camera on.
2: That'll slow down the feed, Cindy.
0: There, we, we have You can hear us, but we don't need the camera. At least not at the moment. If we go to Zoom, we might uh, be able to have cameras for everyone all the time but we will... We okay,
4: did that turn it...
0: Yes, that turned it that off. Did that turn it off? Yes, yes. Good. Thank you. Thank
4: and you. And, Ellie, this is, this is Debbie. I, I want to comment on what Ed said because I have always had the tendency to focus on understanding, <laughs> but this practice, um, which is not only sitting, but my life practice, yes. has forced me... Uh, life being the only teacher, to to experience one sharp rock slash diamond after another with, with a hardly—it's almost like it's been my my teacher to just keep walking that razor's edge and and deal with what is in front of me because I. I can't do any, you know, I can't do anything else because the next thing comes.
1: Yes.
4: And it has been a unique life, as you know, as it is. The only teacher has been, especially, you know, lately. I need to catch you up, but I mean, it's just like I can't think about it. I just have to, uh, and it, it is so hard when you're in the middle of one of those sharp rock diamonds, to not, um, uh, you know, just say that this practice does no good, um, just going to, you know, go into the fetal position and never, and just, and, you know, nothing works and everything, and, and you know, try all the practice of, Of experiencing whatever's going on, experience it, experience it. Try to come to do the next thing, but you, uh, you really, as a human being, want to say, "Okay, all right, already." (laughs) Can you, or or can you, can you bring me a lot of so-called, so-called diamonds for a while? (laughs) (laughs) But really, in when you get what, what this chapter is such where. Uh-huh. Usually, in my experience in my life, I'll get, I'll have a bunch of these, I'll call them sharp rocks, she calls them sharp rock diamonds, and then they'll be kind of this lull uh-huh. for just a little bit, and I'll just really hold on to it, <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, okay, here comes life as the, well, it's life is all it, but here comes another teaching moment and another forcing me into the moment into that razor's mm-hmm. edge, regardless. And, yes. it, you know, after a while, it does start to teach you that there, it, it
3: is going to be just change after change after change after change. Yeah. And
4: it's, a, it's such a hard lesson, and it, it really also teaches you you can do it. You can do it. You can't you you, you just do it. You just do it. it You're You just do it. Um, but sometimes you really get up. to the point where you want to give up. Yeah. But anyway, this this was like that when I read that this that you know, you get these laws, not really laws, but it's just long enough to get used to. It's <laughs> just long enough to get used to. <laughs> and then it happens again. And then life, life just brings the next experience that makes you realize you were not paying attention.
3: The pain in your heel gives way right to the pain in your toe. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm I nervous, I too.
3: The walls are experiences, and the fetal position are experiences. Those are all experiences, too.
0: You, you yeah. have to speak. Someone was speaking, but the, <clears throat> speak closer to the mic. I was just saying
3: that the walls are also experiences, and the fetal position is also That's an experience. Right. I mean, they're all experiences. All are experiences.
0: Yes. As long as we allow ourselves to to experience and and, and don't hold on to the complaining or rigidities or the disappointments, they come and go. It's not that they shouldn't be there, but if we don't hold on to them but see them as what they are, that they're part of this enjoyable life, if we want to use that word, they're part of it as well. And they come and they go. It's us that make um, difficulties with them because we somehow... Believe that they shouldn't be here as part of this I should have been done with this part um, and I thought it was all over Um, and that's where both our strength and capacity which we've developed from ongoing practice comes to the fore the ability to embrace that that's hard to be as well and to Embracing it means experiencing it and allowing it to pass, dissolve, whatever word we want to, to clarify to see what our next opportunity is and to see it in the midst of being joyous. So joyousness or enjoyable life or whatever word you want to use includes times that are hard to be. Includes grieving when that arises. Includes, uh, according to life circumstances, whatever is appropriate.
3: You know, I still oftentimes um, find Joaquin to be, I always feel like she has such a pessimistic (laughs) outlook or teaching. It's really hard. I still struggle Uh with as um, a teacher, I just do, to be honest. Uh-huh. I, I mean, because I don't think you don't uh, have. I I can see a big difference between practitioners and non-practitioners in yes. their approach to difficulties. Um, yes. I see it in myself. Yes. Um, I, I cope very differently or try, at least attempt to, I may not always be successful, but I think the practice does bring us something beyond not practicing. Um, what, what, and what, what does that so mean? I, wait, wait. I, I do think that it's gaining, and I do think there is a bit, there, it's not just experience, it's also knowledge. It's also what I have learned right. from teachers, from reading the Dharma, from... Um, being with other practitioners, and I think it is knowledge gained. Um, and I, I, um, I really appreciate having, um, had this access to these teachings, um, because I don't know how anyone could ever come, to, <laughs> come to learn these things without having teachers to teach you. And it's not nothing.
0: No, no. Who who said it's nothing? And where is it that it's, it's...
3: Well, I don't have like right in front of me because I was reading this um, chapter on my phone today and I don't have the PDF on the computer yeah. that I'm using. So I was trying to download it again, but I can't find it. But there's somewhere in there, um, and you hear this a lot of times in all, in a lot of the people's teaching is that there's no gaining. There's no, you know, path. There's no path. There's no, you know. But she I think there is, that. honestly. And if I thought there wasn't, frankly, I would just quit all this because it's too much work.
0: She doesn't say that. I, I don't know where you you see there's that. There's
3: something picture. in that chapter where she says the path doesn't lead to something or not. Essentially,
1: nothing. Yeah, On page, page one thirteen, she that's
0: says it in the second that's paragraph.
3: True. In a sense, our path is no path. The object is not to get
0: somewhere. In a sense. Yes, it, but, but that's, I, I think we do get somewhere. No, no. I, I, if we yes, get yes, yes. <laughs> if we get somewhere, then we're uh-huh. not then we're not here because we're somewhere else. That's the point. No, that what she, I'm saying
3: by somewhere though is. That I think there is great benefit that one who does not attempt this practice, I mean, you may, you, know, you may learn it from some other practice, but I think the teachings are teaching us something. And that is, and it's different from if we had never come to this practice. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, but, but that isn't what she's saying. What is she uh, you've, you've you've misunderstood if you think. Although in fact, she didn't she, explain it well. No 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 no, <laughs> she did. Said. You just you just didn't hear the first tra- paragraph. So let me, because later she says the longer we practice, the less important are these, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But what she starts off with is talking about people whose practice um, focuses. On experiences of certain sort, and trying to have certain oh, having experiences. only
3: positive experiences that they yeah oh that's a misperception <laughs> you know but that's that's not to say I don't think that the path does not lead or bring you um to a different place.
0: Um, actually, the path doesn't bring you to a different place. The path well, reveals, you, reveals you. Reveals <laughs> you reveals to you where you have always been. See, there is no different place to go to. It's just that we've always been somewhere other than where we are. And in a way, our practice is about discovering where we are right now, and discovering what we're putting in the way, what if to use the image she was using, what we've interpreted as if they were sharp stones, whereas they've always been these diamonds that are revealed as our life, that
3: but then okay, well, you know, I just don't, you
0: the, know, that's the hard sutra says more to it
3: than that. The I mean,
0: there's a
3: lot, of, you know, there's the precepts, and I don't want to get all tangled up in this now,
0: uh-huh.
3: but sometimes. Um, you know, one taught doesn't cover everything.
0: <laughs> the point of the Heart Sutra is to clarify to us that no wisdom, no gain, no path, you know, it's to, to begin, to, for us to discover that our practice is always right here where we are, not trying to get something else, Not trying to become something else, but discovering that in embracing this life moment, however this life moment is now, not in any idea of it, but how it is right now, is where the opportunity, if I use that kind of word, of being the joyousness that our life is. It's always right here. It's always in this moment, and there's yeah, always, but that's
3: uh, always been true. But it's how you're approaching it, and it's from the teachings that your approach to it is different. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You know? Okay. So, well, what is, what what is the Buddhist Four Noble Truths? How well, does that?
0: What I mean, is the Buddhist Four Noble Truths? What is what are they? Suffering. Yes.
3: Cause suffering, and the cessation yes. of suffering.
0: Uh-huh. And
3: to me that sounds like you're going somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. it's the cessation and the path, path it, to the sensation of suffering, right? But the path isn't to the sensation of suffering. The path is how we're going to practice right now to discover that suffering has ceased right this moment. We're not trying to get somewhere else to other experiences. We're always always Oh, I right here now. Trying
3: to get to other experiences. I was saying like instead of <laughs> pitching a fit every time you have a problem, like yes. maybe just sit down and figure out that pitch, pitching a fit isn't going to be helpful. That's, That's what I say. Good. Good. It's an approach to where you are right now. It's not that you're going to be somewhere different. It's a teaching about how how to approach your experiences and what is helpful and what is not helpful, what it, you know, what your reaction to your difficulties or whatever experience you have is going to create more difficulties and more suffering. So even though I might continue to suffer, one of the teaching I think is please try not to create more suffering.
0: Good. So for
3: yourself a- or for others.
0: So, the question, the point isn't to remember that, those words, but the point is Mm -hmm. to what to do in this moment when we notice we're creating suffering or we're pitching a fit, right here, how do we transform that pitching the fit, feeling, actions, reactions? What is it to embody this that wants to pitch a fit and yet? to open that up so that we're not caught and blinding ourselves and in tying ourselves up in that fit. See, so and that's right there. that's what right I there. call not
3: nothing. That is something.
0: Fine, call it, it something. It's fine. It is something, and it's something big. Fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, thank you very much. Thanks for tolerating my...
0: Whether we call it something or nothing, the point is to be able to see that it's that there's something to do, that it's necessary, and to make the effort that's appropriate for us, for our circumstance. So. That's always the point, not to go somewhere else to try to create some other experience, which is what she started off with, that there are these wonderful experiences that occur in the life of practice, and they're, val- they're valuable when they occur, whether you call them small realizations or kenshows or openings, and if they occur, they occur, and if they don't, they don't. But the point is that practice isn't about those occurring. Those are, in a sense, byproducts as well of our ongoing life practice moment. Because ongoing life doesn't exist yesterday and or tomorrow. It's only right here now. And right here now, something manifests. Whether it's sharp rocks, whether it's diamonds, whether it's no path or whether it's a path or whether it's some realization or nothing special at all. See, and that's the point. It's the right here and even saying right here is extra because we all know it for ourself. See, that's why the emphasis is on, if you want to use the word she says, awareness of life itself, life itself right now. And that includes our capacity to see what's called for or what's hard for me to put up with. Either one of those are fine. Whatever. See, we don't have to carry along a, a sack of memories or practices, but we simply, in the process of doing practice, we become practice. So the whole of our life brings forth what's needed in this moment. And if we're not clear on what's needed in this moment, then it brings forth the ability to inquire what's needed in this moment. See? That's a trust in who and what we are. Okay? Um, or as Joko says at the bottom of page 116, as we patiently do this work, meaning the work of Zazen, the work of ongoing practice, we come to a different sense of our lives. And then it continues the next page.
1: Um, What does does she mean by a different sense of our
0: lives? Good. That's a good question. What do, what do you think she means? Well, it
3: seems like since you just mentioned about practice being our lives, that we become our practice, maybe we realize
0: that that's the different sense of our lives. It's not just, we're not here for ourselves, but are here to practice. But,
3: and, and not for ourselves. I mean, don't you know, practice so that, so, you know, as a, Trying to make it easy for ourselves, but just to see how we make it more difficult for ourselves you know, when we live our lives from a self centered point of view.
0: Well, I don't know if, if you have to go into for ourselves versus for others. I mm-hmm. mean, in a way, the next very sentences she talks about it um, she talks about life is enjoyable. And an enjoyable life includes heartaches, disappointments, grief, and so forth. This is just the flow of this experiencing life that we turn ourselves over to. We, in a sense, whether you use Dogen's word, forget ourself and be awakened by all the universe that lives as our life, or the universe that lives and manifests who we are. So, different words you could use for it, fine. But we don't have to set up a picture of it. And just to notice that when we do set up pictures, we tend to do either or and get ourselves in trouble with those either or. That somehow enjoyable life doesn't include grieving um, yeah. enjoyable life. I mean, if you think of the, uhm, Enmei Jukko Kanongyo, there's, in the Enmei Jukko Kanongyo, it's, there's at one line, it, it says, one of the aspects, characteristics of life is joy. Joy. Bliss. One of the characteristics of life. Jo Raku Ga Jo. Jodakugajo. You could look at the translation on the Zen Center website. I think it's there, Mushin, right? Yes, it is. So, you know, that's the reason why chonen kanzeon, bonen kanzeon. Morning thought is the kanzeon or the compassionate responding to circumstances that we hear, the cries of needs. Evening thought moment. Every thought moment is nothing but responding to the cries of this moment. The what's called for out of being this moment, which is nothing but the life, if I use such fancy words, the life of Kansayon or the life of Buddha. But that's me talking. I want to give you the opportunity to talk about uh, what she's saying.
1: I also thought it was interesting uh, that she points out earlier in the chapter that, um, you know, that there are actually, um, that there are demands of practice. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, near the Bible of 114, just so says practice is physically demanding and mm-hmm. uh, it's helpful to be in reasonably good condition. She talks about, um, times, but, you know, maybe uh, that's not, you know, starting a practice when you have a new baby, or, you know, during certain uh, times, but maybe, maybe not the best time to start a practice, which I, I, I thought was very interesting that she would yes. say that.
0: If you have a choice, sometimes we have no choice. Sometimes we start practice where, no matter whether it's when we have a new baby or we're severely ill, because now is when I need to do it and I can't put it off. Now I'm 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 in a divorce and this is when I'm grieving and I've got to do practice. Maybe it's not the best time, but it's the time that I have right now and therefore we do it right now. So I would never exclude anyone under any circumstance from practice. One of one of my teachers, um, uh, Soen Roshi, we were, we were, this is, we were living in New York Zendo, and a woman came to the door, she was on crutches, on those metal crutches, and she came in and she says, I want to learn about Zen, I'm going to have a uh, operation next week, because both her legs and her hips were in, had major problems and she says I don't know if I'm going to pull through this operation and I and I'm terribly distraught and I feel like I need something so he said okay um, she couldn't sit at that point because of her condition so he said good let's and he taught her how to do Zazen, while she was doing step by step using the crutches, she had crutches and braces on her legs and was in great pain, and said, okay, this is the Zazen now for you. And, you know, he spent a considerable amount of time walking up and down in the Zendo and then in the street with her, showing her how to do Zazen. Now, that might not have been the best time to start, but fine. That was the time If that's when you show up, that's how you practice. And, you know, that's, that's. I think it's important not to get too stuck on, well, I've got to get my conditions better before I can start to practice. No. We don't have any choice other than right now. So no matter where we are, no matter what moment it is, this is the moment of our life practice. And our life practice is exactly our life as it is now. So even though it is better if we have a choice to start before those difficulties occur. If we don't have a choice, we start in the middle of the worst of difficulties. And we start on our deathbed if, if that's when we do our practice.
2: Well, I think another aspect of what she's talking about there is, and this is not uncommon, people come to practice... In, in times of stress or trouble
1: thinking it might be to either fix the troubles or escape from them. Mm-hmm. Just like you might turn to alcohol or something else as an escape or
2: as yes. a, a way to get out of your life as it is.
0: Yes. And I, I think It's wonderful to come to practice when you're in great trouble, because then you're willing to do things that in in your the ordinary circumstances of your life you might not be willing to face. Because the troubles are so severe, that's when you finally say, okay, I am going to do this, even though I think it's stupid, crazy, no one else does it that I know of, and it's so bizarre, but I'm going to do it anyway, because... Everything else I try doesn't work and I'm just going out of my mind, tearing my hair out, whatever. So I, I would, you know, I would say it differently. Yes, it's wonderful to be, to not have to start in those circumstances. Yes, it's difficult to start in those circumstances. Yes, it's difficult to stay with it when those circumstances abate. Yet nevertheless, if those are the circumstances, fine. That's where we start. Um, Isn't there a song? Mushin, you would probably know this. Something about, in uh, in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Um,
2: Speaking words of of wisdom, let it be, let it be. It's a Beatles song written
0: by Paul McCartney. (laughs) Okay, that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) So, even in times of trouble... (laughs) I I would say, fine. Of course, if we have the luxury, do it before the times of trouble come.
3: Yeah. But on that note, um, I mean, uh, my understanding of taking refuge is, is such a, exactly that it is a positive escape from a um, poor way of otherwise coping. With mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not using the correct words there, what I really mean. But, um, I mean, taking refuge in a way is, um, is exactly that. I think, ref- I take ref- refuge very literally. It is to bring myself, to give myself to the Dharma. To the Buddha, the Dharma, and the practice. And in a way, you could say that that is um, maybe it is different in escape, and that you're trying to deny, but but you're calling on something beyond yourself.
0: Yes, you can... too.
3: Yes, you're calling on something beyond yourself. Yes. Yeah. Um, and some people might think of that as, like well, you calling on your alcohol or your drugs or whatever, it's beyond yourself, to help you satisfy that. But it is, but, well, never mind, I forget my point now, I'm sorry.
0: No, but but uh, it's a, a good point that you're going beyond your self-centeredness, whether it's the addiction right. to alcohol, as you said, or the addiction to self. See, in a way, practice is going beyond the addiction to self to opening up to the present moment. Addiction to self-centeredness is what gets us in trouble. That's the cause of suffering. The end of suffering is, as the Buddha says, not holding on to the attachments. That's what the Buddha says in the fire sermon. A, well, a well-trained <coughs> disciple doesn't hold on doesn't stick to attachments, doesn't have passion, re, passionate reactions that he holds to or she holds to. Therefore, they can be at peace. So just because those reactions occur, just because that eye, ear, nose, all the senses burn, those burns can come and they can go. And we can let them be. So... Okay. So if
3: someone comes for refuge. I mean, to to rephrase what you were saying, is when one is ready to come for refuge.
0: Yes, that's perfect that's, time. Yeah. The Buddha, I'll say briefly. The Buddha even when someone was drunk and came to the Buddha to um, ordain as a joke, he he said to his friends, "Oh, I'm going to go ordain with the Buddha." He was so completely blitzed out of his mind. He came to the Buddha, and the Buddha's disciples wanted to drive him away, but he said, the Buddha said, no, no, please get, get, get a monk's robes, and he shaved his head and put him on as a, put him, put on monk's robes on him, and then the guy, of course, fell asleep. He was completely drunk. uh, And the next morning, or when he woke up, he looked and he was horrified that he had these robes, and he ran away. So the disciples turned to the Buddha and and said, look, this guy ran away. And the Buddha said, you don't understand. He said, for this person, it has been so hard to approach practice that the only way his, call it his ego, his self, could allow him to do it was when he was completely drunk. And his doing it even in this way has such virtue for him that it will support him at a future time in practice, therefore I did it for him he 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 says more than that, but that's sort of i've sort of condensed the whole thing so anyone who wants to come to sit i mean as long as they're not uh violent or anything else, we welcome them whoever we don't have to judge when is the best time to sit it's always. Right here, right now, that we respond to the Buddhas that show up in our life the best we can. Not to say, well, you need to do all sorts of other things before you're ready. No. Everyone is ready to breathe in and breathe out. We're all members of the same nose hole society. We're all Buddhas right here, now. So. Okay, this is, I think, enough, but you could look at this chapter some more, and if you have more comments you want to make to me about it, feel free to. We will have a class next Thursday, and then we'll have a break for Sashim. So next Thursday, it's a short chapter, so if you have more to say about the the, the chapter we did today, you can bring that up. Next Thursday is Experiences and Experiencing. And I reiterate, please reflect on Zoom, look, at, look up information about Zoom, and consider whether you think that would be a useful alternative way for us to hold this class and actually expand the capacity of this class. Um, and I'm glad to hear from everyone. We won't make a hasty decision, probably not for a long time, but I want us to start thinking about it, I wanted to start the fermenting process. So thank you all. Enjoy July fourth if you celebrate it and enjoy your life until next time we meet. Good night.
1: Bye bye.